Chapter Twenty Three of Doom Castle. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Carolyn. Doom Castle by Neil Munro. Chapter Twenty Three. A Man of Noble Sentiment. There was a silence between the two for a little after they came out from Petullo's distracted household with a chilling sentiment towards his new acquaintance whom he judged the cause of the unhappy woman's state count victor waited for the excuse he knew inevitable he could not see the chamberlain's face for the night was dark now the tide unseen was rushing up on the beach of the bay lights were burning in the dwellings of the little town monsieur montaillon at last said the chamberlain in a curious voice where feelings the most deep appeared to strive together yon's a tragedy if you like comment said the count he was not prepared for an opening quite like this well said the chamberlain you saw it for yourself you are not a mole like petullo the husband by god i would be that brute's death if he were thirty years younger and made of anything else than sawdust it's a tragedy in there and to look at this burg like the grave but for the lights of it rural plodding unambitious ignorant and the last place on earth you might seek in for a story so pitiful as that in there my heart's way way for that woman i saw her face was like a corpse when we went in first though she put a fair front on to us a woman in a hundred a brave woman few like her let me tell you monsieur montaillon and heartbroken by that rat she's married on i could greet to think on all her trials you saw she was raised somewhat you saw i have some influence in that quarter for his life count victor could make no reply so troubled was his mind with wearying thoughts of olivia betrayed perhaps to a debauchee without heart and common pothouse decency of whether in truth this was the debauchee to such depth as he suggested or a man in a false position through the stress of things around him the chamberlain went on as in a meditation poor kate poor kate we were bands together monsieur montaignon innocent bands and happy twenty years sign and i will not say but what in her maidenhood there was some warmth between us so that i know her well she was compelled by her relatives to marriage with our parchment friend yonder and there you have the start of what has been hell on earth for her the man has not the soul of a louse and as for her she's the finest gold you would see that i was the cause of her swoon unhappy creature said montaignon beginning to fear he had wronged this good gentleman you may well say it monsieur montaignon it is improper perhaps that i should expose to a stranger the skeleton of that house but i am feeling what happened just now too much to heed a conversation he sighed profoundly i have had influence with a good woman as you would say for years i've had it because i was her only link with the gay world she was born to be an ornament in and the only one free to be trusted with the tale of her misery well you know you're a man of the world monsieur montaignon you know the dangers of such a correspondence between a person of my reputation that is none of the best because i have been less a hypocrite than most 
and a lady in her position it's a gossiping community this long-lugged and scandal-loving like all communities of its size it is not the faubourg saint honore where intrigues go on behind fans and never an eye cocked or a word said about it and i'll not deny but there have been scandalous and cruel things said about the lady and myself now as god's my judge pardon monsieur said the count eager to save this protesting gentleman another betise i quite understand i think the lady finds you a discreet friend naturally her illness has unmanned you the scandal of the world need never trouble a good man but a merely middling good man monsieur montaignon cried the chamberlain you'll allow that's a difference god knows i lay no claim to a crystal virtue in this matter i have no regard for my own reputation but just for that very reason i am anxious about the ladies what happened in that room there was that i have had to do an ill thing to make an end of an old saying i am rarely discreet in my own interest monsieur montaignon but it had to be shown this time and as sure as death i feel like a murderer at the havoc i have wrought with that good woman's mind he stopped suddenly a lump was in his throat in the beam of light that came through the hole in a shutter of a house they passed montaignon saw that his companion's face was all wrought with wretchedness and a tear was on his cheek the discovery took him aback he had ungenerously deemed the strained voice in the darkness beside him a mere piece of play-acting but here was proof of genuine feeling all the more convincing because the chamberlain suddenly brisked up and coughed and assumed a new tone as if ashamed of his surrender to a sentiment i have been compelled to be cruel to-night to a woman monsieur montaignon said he and that is not my nature and to come to another consideration that weighed as much with me as any this unpleasant duty of mine that still sticks in my throat like funeral cake was partly forced by consideration for another lady the sweetest and the best who would be the last i should care to have hear any ill of me even in a libel a protest rose to montaignon's throat a fury stirred him at the gaucherie that should bring olivia's name upon the top of such a subject he could not trust himself to speak with calmness and it was to his great relief the chamberlain changed the topic broadened it at least and spoke of women in the general almost cheerfully as if he delighted to put an unpleasant topic behind him it was done so adroitly too that count victor was compelled to believe it was prompted by a courteous desire on the part of the chamberlain not too vividly to illuminate his happiness in the affection of olivia i am an older man than you monsieur montaignon said the chamberlain and i may be allowed to give some of my own conclusions upon the fair i have known good ill and merely middling among them the cunning and the simple the learned and the utterly ignorant and by the holy iron honestly and faith are the best virtues in the lot of them they all like flattery i know a dead man and a stupid woman are the only ones who do not jamais beau parler ricocha le long said montaignon faith and that's very true consented the chamberlain laughing softly i take it not amiss myself if it is proffered in the right way which is to say for the qualities i know i have and not for the imaginary ones as i was saying give me the simple heart and honesty they're not very rife in our own sex and even there monsieur i can be generous enough said montaignon 
i can always retain my regard for human nature because i have learned never to expect too much from it well said cried the chamberlain do you know that in your manner of rejoinder you call one dumont i met once in the jesuits college when i was in france years ago ah you have passed some time in my country then said the count with awakened interest a little glad of a topic scarce so abstruse as sex i have been in every part of europe said the chamberlain and it must have been by the oddest of mischances i have not been at camarcy itself for well i knew your uncle's friends though as it happened we were of a different complexion of politics i lived for months one time in the hotel de transylvania rue conde and kept my carousse de remise and gambled like every other ass of my kind in paris till i had not a louis to my credit lord the old days the old days i should be penitent i dare say monsieur montaillon but i am putting that off till i find that a sober life has compensations for the entertainment of a life of liberty did you know balhaldi do i know the inside of my own pocket i've played piquet with the old rogue a score of times in the sun tavern of rotterdam pardon me speaking that way of one that may be an intimate of your own but to be quite honest the scots gentlemen living on the scots fund in france in these days were what i call the scourings of the highland there were good and bad among them of course but i was there in the entourage of one who was no politician which was just my own case and i saw but the convivial of my exiled countrymen in their convivial hours politics in these days i would scunner at the very word if you know what that means monsieur montaillon i was too throng with gaiety to trouble my head about such trifles my time was too much taken up by buckling my hair in admiring the cut of my laced jabot and the mechlin of my wristbands they were walking close upon the sea-wall with leisurely steps preoccupied the head of the little town it seemed wholly surrendered to themselves alone into the chamberlain's voice had come an accent of the utmost friendliness and flattering irrestrained he seemed to be leaving his heart bare to the frenchman count victor was by these last words transported to his native country and his own far-off days of galliard why in the name of heaven was he here listening to hackneyed tales of domestic tragedy and a stranger's reminiscences why did his mind continually linger round the rock of doom so noisy on its promontory so sad so stern so like an ancient saga in its spirit cecile he was amazed at it but cecile and the jacobite cause he had come here to avenge with a youth's ardour had both fallen as it were into a dusk of memory by the way monsieur you did not happen to have come upon any one remotely suggesting my drimdarroch in the course of your travels oh come cried sir mactaggart if i did was i like to mention it here and now he laughed at the idea you have not grasped the clannishness of us yet if you fancy but in an affair of strict honour monsieur broke in count victor eagerly figure you a woman basely betrayed your admirable sentiments regarding the sex must compel you to admit there is here something more than clannishness can condone it is true there is the political element but not much of it in my quest still not a word of that monsieur montaillon cried the chamberlain there you address yourself to his grace's faithful servant but i cannot be denying some sympathy with the other half of your object 
if i had known this by-named drimdarroch you look for i might have swithered to confess it but as it is i have never had the honour i have seen scores of dubious cattle round the walls of ludovico rex but which might be drimdarroch and which might be decent honest men i could not at this time guess we have here among us others who had a closer touch with affairs in france than i so said count victor our friend the baron of doom suggested that for that very reason my search was for the proverbial needle in the haystack i find myself in pressing need for a judicious friend at court i see have you ever found your resolution quit you not an oozing courage i mean but an indifference that comes purely by the lapse of time and the distractions on the way to its execution it is my case at the moment my thirst for the blood of this inconnu has modified considerably in the past few days i begin to wish myself home again and might set out incontinent if the object of my coming here at all had not been so well known to those i left behind you would be doing a brilliant service and perhaps but little harm to drimdrock after all if you could arrange a meeting at the earliest he laughed as he said so man i'm touched by the issue said the chamberlain i must cast an eye about drimdrock of course is doom or was if a lawyer's sheepskins had not been more powerful nowadays than the sword but he paused a moment as if reluctant to give words to the innuendo though doom himself has been in france to some good purpose in his time and though for god knows what he is no friend of mine i would be the first to proclaim him free of any suspicion that monsieur goes without saying i was stupid enough to misunderstand some of his eccentricities myself but have learnt in our brief acquaintanceship to respect in him the man of genuine heart just so just so cried the chamberlain and cleared his throat i but mentioned his name to make it plain that his claim to the old title in no way implicated him a man of great heart as you say though with a reputation for oddity if i were not the well-wisher of his house i could make some trouble about his devotion to the dress and arms forbidden here to all but those in the king's service as i am myself being major of the local fencibles and by the lord he is Macailen. they had by this time entered the policies of the duke a figure walked alone in the obscurity with arms in a characteristic fashion behind his back going into the direction they themselves were taking for a second or two the chamberlain hesitated then formed his resolution i shall introduce you he said to count victor it may be of some service afterwards the duke turned his face in the darkness and as they came alongside recognized his chamberlain good evening good evening he cried cheerfully art a late bird as usual and i am at that pestilent task the rehearsal of a speech your grace's industry is a reproach to your grace's chamberlain said the latter i have been at the speech-making myself partly to a lady ah mr mactaggart cried the duke in a comical expostulation and partly to this unfortunate friend of mine who must fancy us a singularly garrulous race this side of the german ocean may i introduce monsieur montaillon who is at the inn below and whom it has been my good fortune to meet for the first time to-night argyll was most cordial to the stranger who however took the earliest opportunity to plead fatigue and return to his inn he had no sooner retired than the duke expressed some natural curiosity 
it cannot be the person you desired for the furnishing of our toll-booth the other day sim said he no less frankly responded the chamberlain your grace saved me a faux pas there for montaillon is not what i fancied at all you were ever the dubious gentleman sim laughed his grace and what if i may take the liberty seeks our excellent and impeccable gold so far west he's a wine merchant said the chamberlain and at that the duke laughed what man he cried at last shaking with his merriment is our ancient jewels from oporto to be ousted with the aid of sim mactaggart from the ducal cellars in favour of one montaillon he stopped caught his chamberlain by the arm and stood close in an endeavour to perceive his countenance sim said he i wonder what modene would say to find his cousin hawking vile claret round argyll your friend's incognito is scarcely complete enough even in the dark why the man's born i could tell it in his first sentence and it's a swordsman's hand not a cellarer's fingers he gave me a moment ago that itself would betray him even if i did not happen to know that the montaillons have the particule it is quite as you say confessed the chamberlain with some chagrin at his position but i am giving the man's tale as he desires to have it known here he is no less than the count de montaillon and a rather decent specimen of the kind so far as i can judge but why the alias good sim asked the duke i like not your aliases though they have been now and then ahem useful your grace has travelled before now as baron hay said the chamberlain true true and saved very little in inn charges or in the pother of state by the device and if i remember correctly i made no pretence at wine-selling on these occasions honestly now what the devil does the comte de montaillon do here and with sim mactaggart the matter is capable of the easiest explanation he is here on what he is pleased to call an affair of honour in which there is implicated the usual girl and another gentleman who it appears is some ope still unknown about your grace's castle and the story in its entirety was speedily his grace's huh ejaculated argyll at last when he had heard all and you fancy the quest as hopeless as it is quixotic now mark me simon i read your french friend even in the dark quite differently he had little to say there but little as it was it was enough to show by his manner that he's just the one who will find his man even in my crowded corridors End of chapter 23